Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Unrealized Purpose podcast. Um, my name is Isaac, and I'm here with my co-host Dalton. We have a special guest. Um, his name is Kevin Carton. He's a transformational life coach. Um, he's been doing this for how many years now? Is it six years? That I've been running my own business, but I'd say I've been in in the industry for almost ten. I worked for my mentor's company for about three years, so bit of journey. Wow. So nine about nine years in the making sort of thing yes wow um that's that's consistency man that's it's really awesome um we before the podcast i'd asked him like what are some common roadblocks or issues that that way we could kind of hone in and, and get a really good a really good episode for everyone to listen to and one of the things he mentioned was finding life purpose and it so in line with the podcast, I was just like, wow, this is going to be, this is going to be good. So, um, the, you know, topic of today's episode is finding life purpose, exploring that and, uh, just life purpose in general. But, um, yeah, to start off the episode, could you speak to us a bit about like why this topic is so common for you to write into? It's a good question. You know, Cause when you say like, why it's so common that I may not be the expert on, or this may not be the end all be all answer, but I think, and I'm curious if you guys agree. So Dalton, Isaac, if you've experienced this, but over the last few years, shit's changed a lot, like a lot in our world. And I think that sparks an awakening for us just as humans. Like when things change in such big ways, as you know, what I'm speaking, of course, everyone knows COVID and what happened during that, that time of our lives. Um, then it really causes us to take a step back and question, like, what am I doing here? Like, yes, I'm a human, right? Been living for however many decades, but like, why? Why am I here? And I, I think that that question I've I've pondered for a long time, um, but it wasn't until someone asked me that or introduced that whole idea to me that I start to really question it and be like, oh yeah, why am I here? In other words, like, what is my purpose? And I think that's an existential question or can be an existential question that is that really the core of all of our hearts. But, um, but I, I guess that to answer like why it's so common, I think it's just human nature. It's like, we're curious. We want to know why for many things, but especially about our whole overall life. Like why, what are we doing here? <laughs> why? Cause we're, I, you know, I, I host a podcast called science and spirituality. So like to bring both of those things together on the science side of this is like, we've been, at least if you accept the big bang theory, then we've been around, or at least our universe has been around for billions of years. It's like, well, what are we doing here at the, this current state right now? And then on top of that, like we live on a floating rock that's hurtling through space. Okay. Why again, why are we here? Um, so anyway, I think it's just common. I think it's just, it is just like a deep innate yearning for us to know just as humans. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I grew up in a, a religious uh, background, so like life purpose was kind of always just like, like part of the teaching. I feel like every, like you're, you're born and this is your purpose. But I think, yeah, I think for me, it was really just like asking myself, like on a deeper level. I mean, that was just, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, it was necessary, I guess. Um, to kind of, you know, start to ask more questions. But mm -hmm. before, I guess before we dive into this a little bit more, um, 
could you give us a short like just bio on yourself like like how what was this journey like for you to actually get into coaching and helping other people sure yeah i'd be happy to share so like i mentioned it's been nine years before i even considered or even had an idea of like well what a, what a coach is or even considering it as a profession i was in school to get my doctorate in pharmacy so that's where the science side of me comes from is that i chose that career path because i I wanted to help people and I loved, I loved science in school. And so to combine the two it seemed pharmacy was great. Sounds like a great idea. And, um, I, I did go to school for that. I was on my path to get a doctorate. Uh, it was a six year long path. Four years into it, I started to really get more, uh, understanding of what the industry of pharmacy is, uh, as big pharma. Um, and it's, I started to work at a community pharmacy, started to see, uh, I guess you can call them patients. I don't know. Uh, but I was just like the pharmacy tech. Like I was just taking, you know, payments and dispensing pills that the, the pharmacist actually like put together. Um, and I started to see just the same people coming back again and again and again for the same issue. And I started to feel like I was losing my purpose because I didn't agree with the whole industry. It seemed like we were just treating symptoms rather than the underlying cause of people's challenges or the illnesses, whatever they were dealing with physically. Uh, or even mentally. Um, and so it took me a while to decide to leave, but that was kind of the climax moment of me opening up to consider like, well, what else? Like, what, wh again, why am I here? What am I, what am I here for? What is my purpose? And, um, again, I didn't really know of coaching or the industry, but I was reading some self-help books and it was it already helping me in my life. And so I got connected with my mentor and started learning from her, started investing in coaching programs with her. And it changed my life so quickly that within a year after I left my pharmacy career, I got a job in a completely different industry as a content developer. As I mentioned, I think I mentioned that I worked for my mentor's company. And so um, that was a year after I started studying with her that a lot of different synchronistic opportunities started to pop up and I got a job as a content developer. And that started me in this whole industry. And that um, three years after that, I was like, I, I'm making an impact for sure because I was doing things like writing eBooks. I was editing videos. I was uh, doing research for helping her with her presentations and helping her clients. But I just wanted to make a more direct impact because it changed my life so much. And so I wanted to help people change their lives more directly. And so that's when I got trained by my mentor to become a coach. So that's like the very, very short version of it because that was some years in, in the making, of course. What? Who was your mentor, by the way? Her name is Miri Morrissey. She's a... Uh, little less known figure in the personal development field uh but she's been around for as studying for over 50 years teaching for over 40. if you guys are familiar with uh bob proctor she was close friends with him they would talk like multiple times a week uh before he passed away of course but they were friends for like 25 years or so so yeah mary's not very well known but she's very well connected like wayne dyer as well she was close friends with um trying to think of who else jack canfield she's close friends with uh i mean <laughs> name a name she probably knows them but yeah she's been around for a while you had mentioned you were like dispensing pills and you were like this is not actually helping the root the root cause of it yep yeah i mean it's just it'd be interesting to learn a little bit more about like what you know instead of taking things at face value and being like this is the social norm everyone has to be on pills like, why did you want to look a little deeper and be like, mm. why is this normal? You know? Right. Oh, great question. 
I've actually never gotten that asked before. Because usually we go straight forward to like the rest of the story that I've had. But um, yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, it's funny. It's a kind of a roundabout way, but I was just accepting the complete norm of everything. Like, again, I was enjoying my time and learning about pharmacy and like, because I, I love the science of things. But um, when I got introduced to personal development, that's, I think, is what opened my mind. Like the first book I ever read in personal development material or self-help, some people call it, was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it was just a friend who recommended it to me. And I was like, that sounds cool. Like I was, I think 19, 20 when I was introduced to this idea. So I was like, I want to be rich. <laughs> Let's do it. So thinking grow rich, that sounds great. So I started studying that. And that was like in my third year, because I left in my fourth year of pharmacy school. So it was, it was some time, like several months over a year that I was starting to research, just read into like personal development. And I think that was just starting to expand my mind and started to just think differently. And then to therefore question things. And that's when I started to question like the industry I was in. I think it was also a, an influence from my brother who I co-host my podcast with. Um, his name is Chris. And he was really getting into hol um, holistic healing or like just healthy lifestyle living. It was mainly starting off with nutrition, but uh, it expanded beyond that. Like he's now, uh, he, got his, he got his doctorate in acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. And so um, he kind of started me opening me up to like just a more natural approach to health as well. So I think it was the two things coming together of like hearing what he was learning and how that is completely opposite for the Western medicine uh, and pharmacy. And then on top of that, like me starting to expand my mind and just question things in general in my life. Yeah. Okay. So you had that outside influence that was, that was less about, Hey, let's pop some pills to feel better. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, that's yeah. One of the things I always like when we're talking about, uh, you know, purpose, life's purpose is always to define those words and not just to define them, but if somebody else has a different definition of it. Um, but so I'd start out with, uh, what, what is in your opinion is, or is your definition of purpose? It's a great question, Dalton. I'm glad you're asking it. Cause you're right. There's many different viewpoints of it and, uh, everyone could have their own definition of it for sure. My definition of purpose is that it's the reason that we were born. It, it sounds simple, right? But that has a lot of implications to it. It's like the reason why, and another term I would use, it's not just that like the reason why we were born. I believe we chose to be here at this time in human history. Because I personally believe that we are all spiritual beings or souls, and we are having this human experience. Have you, you guys ever heard of, uh, or not? maybe you've heard of at least, but um, or maybe even seen there's a Disney movie called Soul. Y'all seen that or heard of it? I heard of it. I haven't watched it. Okay. I haven't watched it. How about you, Dalton? I, I don't think I've... I might have heard of it, but I definitely haven't seen it. Okay, so. sure. I mean, it's, it's actually a kid's movie, but um, they, it's a really, really beautiful rendition of what many different traditions and religions speak about that we're more than this physical being, that we're, we're something more. And... It, literally their term in the movie is soul. Many people refer to it as soul, but it could be spirit, um, could be higher self, some people call it, your authentic self, things like that. Um, but anyway, th that literal Disney movie is about that idea of that we are souls and we incarnate into this human experience. So anyway, getting back to the point, I believe a definition of purpose is it's why we chose to be here, to incarnate into this human experience. Because I believe that we as souls chose to be here at this time in human history. 
for some reason. And there's many different ways that then spouts out of that idea. Like, why are we here? But I believe purpose is the reason we chose to be here. It's to make some impact, um, to give some gift, to uh, speak some truth, uh, to make some difference in the world. Whether that's person to person or just on a global scale uh, or even an individual scale. Like, I don't think purpose has to deal with just like, all right, what are you doing for work? Like, I find there are people who are mothers and fathers that that's their purpose. They feel their purpose is to give their children a really amazing upbringing. I mean, you can technically call that work, right? Like, <laughs> I've known parents are like, this is a full-time job. But but see, like, it doesn't have to be like specifically like directed and like career focused. You know, it's just overarching. Like, right. why are we here? The detachment from the detachment from career, uh, because like your work is not your it shouldn't define who you are. I, man, I want to. I want to say I heard that somewhere. I think it was like Gary Vee or it's like Jim Quick maybe. Or anyway, they were they were asked the question about like like what do you do? And it's like well, there's your job, and then there's actually what you what you're doing. Like you know, and I think there's definitely that the we have to we have to separate the two for sure. It's easy to be like, well, this is me. This is what I do. Box myself in. But in reality, we we should, you know, not, not combine all of it together. On on your definition of purpose, so born born with a purpose, um, do you believe that we uh, we set out our own purposes, um, or do you believe that greater beings give us purposes? Um, obviously other people try to give us purposes as well. Right. Um, so there's all kinds of different, um, things there. And then, uh, and I'm sure, you know, you've experienced this quite a bit of other people trying to give you purposes to purposes that you've chosen to, you know, to purposes that you've felt called to, mm. um, but, uh, just kind of a, a way to distinguish between, uh, those, those purposes that society gives us um or uh or that we give ourselves or and i guess a, another great one is to how to listen to the calling of a purpose by our, our greater being that's a loaded question you asked a lot i know that's a loaded question <laughs> yeah now but it's right uh, that you're not really in my mind after that right and i think you ahead you're asking that first and foremost like uh, where does purpose come from? Is like, is it something that we give ourselves? Is it something from a higher being? Is I we definitely get influenced by others because others have like an agenda or a purpose. Like, yeah, you should do this. So we'll get to that. But in my belief, there is one being, one power, one presence, one life. We call it God. You can call it spirit. You can call it the infinite. You can call it the universe. Different religions call it, like in uh, the I believe it's Muslim. Uh, it's Allah. Um, in Buddhism, it's it's Krishna. Some and heck, even in Christianity, some people refer to this power as Jesus. But there is one power, one presence, one life, many names, one thing, one being. So I believe that that power gives us our purpose, and so it's it's an intimate connection because we, we have an intimate connection with the infinite or God or spirit, uh, at least in my belief, and so it comes through in our human experience as what seems like what we would love or what 
we feel called to do, like you said, Dalton. Like I think that's a good way of starting to check in with, well, what what do I feel my purpose is? It's like, well, what do I feel called to? And in my experience, because there's many different ways of breaking this up or looking at it, what what it means like you feel called to it is it means that there is an uptick in your energy. Like you feel better or you feel more expanded. There's many different words we can put to that. Like my root def like word that I use is you feel more love because love is an expansive energy and yes many of us like experience love as like in a romantic ex experience or like with a friendship and all but love comes through as for me like i love to do something it's like there's again it's an expansive energy but uh you can call it joy uh, if you feel like you're more joyful in some experience i'm doing something like that's definitely connected to your purpose um there's another word some people sometimes use around purpose yes uh forget who said that says this but maybe ram das but um follow your bliss some people say so it, yeah. all different ways of putting this that it's like you're leaning into the things that give you life maybe that's another great way of like foundationalizing this it's like simple thing is like that's what's the calling that gives you life it's like it expands your energy it lights your eyes up you feel better when you're doing said thing or afterward or um yeah, it's just there's a there's a feeling to it. So that's how I know in my experience. But you're right, Dalton. To like <laughs> to answer all of those things you just asked, we do get we do get influenced by others, right? Like, and I think that you know, this might open up a whole other can of worms. But we all have programming, as in we all have all absorbed messages that move into our subconscious mind, and then it becomes more of just a way of life from society. And that's from our parents or whoever raised us. It's from our siblings. It's from our teachers. It's from our friends. It's from our overtime coworkers. It's from literally the world at large. Those messages that we've been given and then we unconsciously accept. And then we just live that out because it's a subconscious pattern or, or programming. And so we've definitely all been given an idea of like what, you know, purpose might be or like, oh, I should be doing this X, Y, Z. But if it doesn't feel life-giving, that's a good signal that it was maybe given to you by someone else. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Cause that's something that, that I constantly see with, uh, with people as they, they get themselves into an area and like at first they jump in and it seems like they like it and they'll go for a while and you know, it, it, it brings them a level of, um, like you were saying, joyful, happiness, love. Um, and then, you know, they slowly, they slowly fall out of it. Um, or they slowly disengage from it. Would you say that's, would you say that like through our time, like when that happens through our time, is that more like our purpose is changing or would you say that's kind of more like our, 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 uh, our drive to find our purpose is we're just continuing on with it. So we found that doesn't work and we're just moving on to the next thing. Exactly. Kind of. And I'm, I'm glad you're using the word you just use of like, is it a process of finding the purpose? Because I like to actually say it a different way. Because in my experience over the years of learning, first and foremost, discovering my purpose, I've, I have discovered that it's not a finding out process. It's a refining process. Like you start to refine yourself more and more to understand like what does give me the most life. But you're you're right. Like you're what you're speaking to is like that navigation 
to discover it. Because uh, I'll give you an example. Because this, a lot of the things we're saying, it's like, how do we ground this into, to an actual experience? Um, I, I taught yoga for about two, three years. Uh, along this process of me discovering my purpose as a coach uh, and doing this work of helping people become more conscious and more awake to then living their purpose. But I, I got trained as a, a yoga teacher and I taught yoga about three times a week in New York for about three years, two to three years. And that was a great uh, step along the way, but it wasn't like uh, it wasn't my purpose because out over time, like I started to lose that feeling but it was, like I mentioned, a refining process because there was aspects of me teaching yoga that was aligned with my purpose. And so, yes, I was leaning into that, taking those steps, figuring it out if it was for me. And I did enjoy it to some degree. Like you said, it's like some people have that, but then it fizzles out. I don't think it was because it wasn't part of my purpose. It just wasn't the more specific or refined way in which I like to deliver on that purpose which is more of what I do now as a coach, but there are definitely aspects of me teaching yoga that aligned with that because it was helping people. Um, I was teaching and uh, it was definitely outside of a Western kind of uh, medicine approach of like, um, you know, treat the symptom, not the underlying cause. Like yoga really does help in the more internal, mental, emotional, as well as physical ways of uh, living a healthy life. So that aligned, you know, but it was more of a discovery for me is that, oh, what I really like about yoga is the teaching. Because I, I noticed over time, like the reason why I left is because I started to um, get kind of lazy about me creating a, a flow for my students. Like I would prepare it like just the night before or the day of. And I, I kind of felt like over time, I was like, ah, like I'm not doing it justice. Like in the beginning, the first year or two, like I would uh, take a weekend and like think through like what would be a really good flow? Like what would I want to really help people in moving through in their body? Like I was much more engaged and that just changed over time. And I think it was because my interest in becoming a coach started to spark and grow. So you could see it's like a, it's not so much a finding, although you could, I guess you could define it as such, but I like to call it a discovery process because each step you take, even if it might not be the exact uh, alignment for you and your purpose, it still is like a breadcrumb along the way or a piece of the puzzle that does fit. Very that is interesting, that, that journey. Yeah, it's it's more of a journey rather than an aha moment. Maybe some people do have aha moments. I don't, I don't know. Um, I know in my experience, like, like the journey of, of slowly figuring out what I wanted to do was, was started out with like way back doing like e-commerce stuff online and then to now where I'm actually almost wouldn't say like an influencer but sharing hopefully valuable messages to people like that journey and i'm i'm excited to see what the next step is of course but like just get just get started you know and then and then you'll like you had mentioned like you'll find those little little bits of yeah i don't know it, it's a refining process yeah it's just trying to work through this in my head, I guess. And I wanted to just add something to what you just said, Isaac, is that it, it, it is a journey. And even though like, so I, I, I notice, I'm very aware that when I speak about these topics or this specific kind of topic and share my stories and all, it seems like, it's like, yep, I'm living my purpose. I know exactly what it is. 
it, yes, and there's still a journey for me. Like I personally believe that we wouldn't be alive anymore if our purpose wasn't fully fulfilled. Well, let me make sure I said that right because um, I believe that we're alive. Remember, we're going back to the root definition of purpose is that it's why we're here. It's it's some something to do. It's like why we came into this human experience. And so if we're still living, that means that there's more of the purpose to not only discover, but then fulfill and live into. So like, it's still a refining process. I think it just gets more, uh, like just fine tuned over time. But especially in the beginning, it can seem like this back and forth, back and forth. But I don't think that actually ever ends. And personally, I don't think I want it to end because that's the, that's the fun, the joy in life, right? It's like you discovering more of something that you hadn't known before. And sure, along the way, maybe there are the ha ha, ha moments, but uh, I think it really is more of a journey. And just over time, it gets easier because, again, you're getting more refined into what is your purpose. Yeah. I'm curious, like, what is your process for, like, helping people to recognize those signals? Mm. Good question. I like to start in a very simple way, but this, this, kind of way of um, simplifying the process can be used all throughout life. I, I learned this from my mentor and funny enough, out of any event, any coaching, any program that I'm in with her, she still talks about it. She's in her 70s. So I don't think this, that's what I was mentioning. It doesn't end. And this is a simple tool you can come back to again and again and again. And it's simply looking at in your life where you feel any longings and where you notice any discontents. So let's define this. So any, anything you long for. So what your longings are is that yearning for something more, for some change, for something you want to give. Like it's something, like literally it's the title of your podcast, Unrealized Purpose. Like that's a feeling, right? It's like that there is a longing to do something that I've not done yet or give something I haven't given yet or speak something, share something I haven't spoken or shared yet. So that's the longing and like it pulls us forward. But then the discontent is also an equal signal of insight so discontent is where that the, the pain is ultimately where things are not working you don't feel good uh there's maybe like a, a feeling of constriction or you feel hemmed in or just you're just not happy like there's those aspects of your life where you're discontent about both of those signals are really powerful to help you in discovering more of your purpose because remember like what we defined at least in my experience that purpose is or that feeling or how do you know like you're actually like on the track it's like that you feel more expanded so that's you actually fulfilling the longing and then the opposite of any discontent is that same feeling of expansion so discontents and longings are really good signals and in our human experience we will always have longings and discontents that's the nature of being human like we want to grow we want to change we want to discover more and so those two signals are really great Would you say that like when, just in your experience, you, you deal with a lot, a lot more people than, than I do, but uh, would you say that when people like acknowledge that there's a greater being, that they have a lot more momentum, I guess, to finding their purpose? Would you say when they come across like, hey, there is like a creator or there is a greater being, would you say that 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 really um, just pulses them into um, 
discovering their purpose uh, and and going through that process quicker. A- absolutely. Yeah, I was a little bit to say amen. <laughs> absolutely, yes. <laughs> because you know, as I mentioned, I personally believe that we've been given our purpose from this creator, this being, God. And so when we actually start to form a deeper relationship with that power, then absolutely that's going to propel our process because then we're in more of a uh, communication or a communion with this power that is literally breathing us. Like that's, that's actually one of my favorite ways to connect is to remind myself that I did not create myself. I literally cannot beat my heart once on my own. I can't take a breath on my own unless it's literally the spirit of life giving me this gift of being alive right here, right now. And so when I acknowledge that or even just send some gratitude, like literally just in my mind thinking, thank you, God, then absolutely there's more of a, an expansion even in just that connection. And then yes, like there's more, uh, <laughs> we call it more breadcrumbs that this power leaves. It's like, yeah, go here. Like you just, you get called to different things. In fact, um, this is a beautiful quote. Um, I forget who it's by, but it says, God doesn't call the qualified. God qualifies the called. God does not call the qualified because we're not going to feel ready most often. Like when we were called to something, it's going to change some things up for ourselves, but God qualifies the called. So if you feel called over time, you will be qualified or get through the process and, um, and qual- get qualified in terms of, uh, like you actually learning something new or, uh, discovering a new gift of your own, or, uh, sometimes going through hardships to learn a lesson, like then through that process, you are more qualified to actually live out your purpose. So yeah, there, there's a, there's an intimate connection. Like when you're actually acknowledging uh, a higher power, then you're so much more on the process of living your purpose, which funny thing is, I don't think it's impossible to not live your purpose, or I don't think it's impossible to, um, yeah, I'm getting tripped up with these like double negatives, but yeah, I think you get what I'm saying is that like you could, I think if you don't have a relationship or connection with there is a higher power, like on a spiritual sense, still there's some level of like, you can live a purpose because it, again, it can, really comes back to just how you feel. But um, I personally believe there is a higher power and it's it goes by many names, like I said, but another name for it, which we, I hadn't defined yet, that God is love. So go figure, kind of connects a couple of points we've been talking about. That purpose is like when you feel or like that calling is like you answering it. You feel better. You feel more in love with your life. You feel expanded. That's that's literally life itself. Like that's God. That's the higher power. Like coming through us to have this human experience. So yeah, it's it's all connected. It's all one. One word that keeps running through my mind is is hope. Like maybe is would you say hope is what accelerates it? Because Definitely. There's there there is a point, you know. Yes, and I'd like to add in addition to that because um, hope is one level of an experience that many people term faith or believing, and that could be believing in this higher power, but it could be believing in yourself, could be believing in a dream, a goal. Uh, that that word belief actually translates to faith, and faith is like a next step up beyond hope. Because hope is like, in fact, this is actually comes from a quote from Jim Carrey. Uh, he gave uh, the Canadian actor, uh, he's very spiritual. And he gave a commencement address in 2014 to a uh, uh, graduating body of, at a university. Might have been his alma mater, mater but um, I watched that. It's a fantastic talk. It's like 20 minutes. 
um, he speaks about the difference between hope and faith. He says, hope is a beggar. Hope tries to walk through the fire, whereas faith leaps over the fire. So I love that. And I think it's exactly it. Like they're, they're very similar, but hope is like, it gets you started. It gets you going. But faith is where like, yes, it's, it's hope like on steroids. Maybe we can call it that literally just came to me. I've never said that, but, um, but it, yeah, it is, it is hope, but it's just more amplified. It's like, there's a deeper sense. Yep. There's something for me and not just like, oh, I hope anymore. It's like, I know it. I believe it. I may not be living it or know it yet, but I know there is something for me. I know purpose. There is a purpose for my life. Like that. This is good, guys. Keep it coming. The questions, if you got any more, but yeah, I appreciate your questions. There's a couple of things I've not actually um, gotten asked before. So this is really robust. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, I guess it comes from talking about purpose on the last seven months, you know, so Brady, uh, everything aligned just for this episode. I, one of the questions I have here is like, do you have any exercises or practices you recommend for self self reflection, introspection? Definitely. Yes. And I, I'd, uh, be open if you guys are open to it i can walk you through, through a process right now yeah interested okay sure so and th this uh, for anyone listening so your listeners i'd recommend uh you closing your eyes but you guys don't have to especially since to you know be more engaged here um because you could do this with your eyes open but sometimes it helps to turn the outer sense of sight off so that you can amplify or turn up the inner sense of awareness or self-reflection so I'd invite you to just start by noticing your body. Just notice your body in your seat. Maybe noticing the parts of your body where you're touching the seat. Noticing where you know your clothes are touching your skin. Notice your body. Now notice a particular part of your body. Start noticing the bottoms of your feet. Whether you're cross-legged, you're having pints on the floor. Heck, maybe someone listening to this laying down, but still just notice the bottoms of your feet. And then start to allow that awareness, the noticing, to rise up. So noticing your ankles, noticing your calves, noticing your shins, notice your knees, notice your left thigh, your right thigh, notice your bottom, notice your pelvis, notice your lower back, your belly, Notice the sides of your torso. Notice your heart space, the back of your heart, your shoulder blades. Notice your left shoulder, your right shoulder. Allow your awareness to pour down your arms. So noticing your biceps, triceps, your elbows. Notice your forearms, your wrists hands and notice the tippy tape of all 10 fingers. Now bring your awareness, your noticing back up to your neck. Notice your chin. Notice your nose. Notice your eyes, your forehead, top of your head, and lastly, the back of your head. So just notice your body. 
And now I invite you to go within a step further. Notice your thoughts. Notice what thoughts have been flowing through your consciousness just in the last 30 to 60 seconds. Without judgment, it could be anything. It could be that you're following right along with the noticing of the body. Maybe you got distracted. I've thought about something that happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future. It could be like, this is boring. Where is Kevin going? doesn't matter the thought. Just notice the thoughts that have been going through your mind. And now, I invite you to notice that you were able to notice your body. Notice that you were able to go through the different parts of your body and notice those parts of your body. Notice that you were able to notice. And notice that you were able to take a reflection and look at your thoughts. See them. Now, finally, ask yourself the question, who is it within me that can notice my body, but is not my body? We say, I have a body. And if we, God forbid, lose a hand, we don't say I lost me. We say I lost my hand. There's possession. So who is it? Who is the possessor? And who can notice my thoughts, but is not my thoughts? I could say no to a thought accept or reject any thought that comes through my consciousness, choose thoughts. So who is it? I personally believe that that's who we really are. The spiritual being, the soul that can notice what we're noticing in this human experience. And that tool, noticing what you're noticing is the simplified version of it, but that walking through that I just did for you, that process helps you get more connected with that state of being where you are aware of what you are aware of and that's who we really are and that in my experience has been one of the greatest exercises or tools of self-reflection so that you're aware of those thoughts but you're not stuck in the thoughts or aware of the emotion but you're not stuck in the emotion because in our human experience gosh we we attach ourselves to so much where we feel like oh like i can't get or let go i can't let go like that's a difficult thing for many people but that tool and again exercises of noticing what you're noticing it helps to connect you with who you really are so that you can move through this human experience much more gracefully so how did that go for you guys i'm curious <laughs> i like that because it kind of you know you're you're paying attention to the fact that you're in charge and you're in control. And when you realize that, I think you're, you're realizing that 95% of the time you make the choice, what you want or what you're going to do. And whether it's your feelings, your emotions, or, you know, or something physical, you know, I would say 95, 99% of the time you really do have the ability to decide how you're going to feel. So uh, that's I, that's what I kind of got from it is you're really in charge. That's awesome. Yeah, you definitely take control and you're actually in control rather than like proactive rather than reactive. Like what you just said, adult, you are in control. And I, that, the practice, like I had a lot going through my head honestly it was uh it was good because like 
I feel like I had an aha moment that I need to explore a little bit more. <laughs> but, uh, hmm. yeah, I like that. Oh, go ahead. I, I'll just, I'll discuss it later if I, if it leads somewhere. <laughs> oh, no, I was just thinking that some of those questions were asked to me, like in the last, actually, kind of not asked to me, but uh, presented to me, kind of like you just did, was, um, um, it, it was pointed out like, Hey, you have the decision to control your feelings. Um, and I think that's a lot of times really why we stop paying attention to, to our body. We stop paying attention to things around us is because we get so overwhelmed with how the, how the world affects us. And so when we stop and take a minute, we separate ourselves. Um, we really do have the the ability to to change that and a great illustration of that would be um uh, <laughs> i've actually experienced this but uh you know the the pastor of your church or you know your spiritual leader shows up to your door and you're arguing and you're angry with you know your spouse and then you realize they're there and you open the door and all of a sudden your demeanors change and all of a sudden there's a smile on your face and it's, oh, hello, welcome. And everybody is all joyful because, you know, you can't act angry around people that, you know, that are, you know, guests. It's like, well, what does that show you? Well, it shows you that you do possess the ability to stop and control yourself and change the way that you're talking. Um, and so... I think that's a really good illustration, like what you kind of similar of what you just did. It's like you, you bring back reality. And so it's a great example. Is, is this practice part of meditation at all? It can be, I've experienced, um, a 10 more technical term is actually a, a, a psychologist term for it is metacognition. That's, that's what it is of being aware of what you're aware of. It's a, a certain level of awareness. Um, but yeah, meditation is relatively based on that because, you know, and there's so many different forms of meditation, but out of the many different forms of meditation I've come across and practiced, it all really comes down to focusing. It's like, and the only way we can focus, whether it's on a, a particular object or focusing on say like the breath, a certain mantra, anything like that, it's it's giving the one point of focus, but the only way you're able to actually focus is by noticing what you're noticing so that when the thought train goes somewhere else and it pops off, which is very common in meditation, and that's the practice to bring it back to a center. The only way you're able to bring it back to your center or focus is by noticing what you're noticing. So maybe a certain meditation or certain practice doesn't specifically say that's what you're doing, but that is what you're doing for sure. Okay. Yeah, I like that. How frequently do you recommend doing that practice? I personally do it once a day, at least, uh, as a dedicated practice. And it's part of, at least for me, I meditate about 10, 15 minutes a day. Um, so it's part, it's maybe like 60 seconds. It's very quick. Part of a meditation uh, of noticing my body, noticing my thoughts, noticing that I can notice my thoughts, my body. Sometimes I do the same thing for my feelings, like noticing my feelings, how I'm feeling. And then notice that I can notice those feelings. Uh, but yeah, it's very short. 
but um, that's the dedicated practice. But we want to practice this often. I personally believe, as in um, not a, like a dedicated time where you're like sitting down and meditating and doing that practice of noticing where you're noticing, but throughout your day, like literally, on, like I could be noticing what I'm noticing right now as I talk with you guys. It may not be as deep or as kind of uh, that deeper kind of reflection in a meditation, but I'll definitely notice what I'm noticing while I'm in conversation, while I'm answering an email or while I'm on the phone call or uh, you know, getting a bite to eat. You can notice what you're noticing throughout your day. And that will amplify the practice even more because we want to be able to notice what we're noticing, especially in during those times where we might be challenged, where like a difficult emotion comes up or we get angry or uh, like literally the same example you gave Dalton is like, it's perfect that like, you want to notice what you're noticing there. Like in re my relationship with my wife, like I will literally notice what I'm noticing during an argument, during a fight that we have. And like, wait, I might be approaching this in, in not a very uh, loving way. And so I'll, I'll correct, I'll make a shift in terms of my perception. And that only came from noticing what I'm noticing as I'm in conversation. And thankfully that over the years, that's, that's, uh, not as not hasn't come as frequently. Uh, we've been together for now five years, but um, but yeah, definitely in the first few years, like it was it really essential to notice what I was noticing during those kinds of fights. Uh, I don't think that we would be we would be married if I did not. Mm. I think it was like because last week we did a breathing exercise with. Uh, Prajesh, and it was kind of to get us back focused on what was going on in the present. And I think we had it was like it was um, breathe in for five seconds, hold it for seven, and then let it out for eight, um, and do that three times, and maybe do it a few more times. And I think it brings you back to being present in the moment. Um, is is that kind of what you're saying when you say notice? Definitely. noticing yeah you could use your breath um i often use my breath in a way of breathing in slowly through my nose no particular count but uh breathing in slowly through my nose and then exhaling slowly out through my mouth um that really does help in the noticing what you're noticing but it is a, it can be different like we could be breathing but only just noticing our breath not noticing what we're noticing because again that's another level of awareness had a question and i forgot it oh. <laughs> was uh <laughs> it was about what you're just talking about, but um, we, oh, what I was gonna say is like I've been there's a realization that I had yesterday, and I've had it multiple times, honestly. But like something that I've been working on over the last few days is just being more present. Um, and I, I think I'll definitely be trying this noticing what you're noticing practice throughout the week because. I get in the habit of being 10 steps ahead when in reality I should should be more present, you know? Um, sure. So I'll definitely be trying this. I, I really, I really like that. Um, are, are there any books or resources or just communities you recommend or further exploration? Obviously, there's you and you've been such a great help so far. But uh, on your journey, were there any books that you just really stood out to you that you just love to share and recommend? Yeah, one in particular, especially when we're talking about noticing what you're noticing, and it could definitely help you discover more of your purpose or live it more, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. 
It's a very powerful book on that this whole idea of the present moment, staying focused here and now, and using that tool. I don't think he uses the exact terms noticing what you're noticing, but he has a practice of metacognition, and he recommends that. And uh, that's a really, really great ex- uh, resource for that. Um, the other one that came to mind is called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. That one's, honestly, it's like, that that book is a deep dive into everything we've been talking about. Okay. Th- those are the two that come to for my for me right now. For those of you listening, read those two books. <laughs> this is the second time they've been recommended on this podcast. It's really um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're they're in my book uh, wish list. I, I need to read them, but I haven't read them. They were recommended by Matt uh, Judoyun. He's a mindset coach. Man, seven months ago, and I haven't haven't picked those up yet. But I, I will definitely pick those up if they're wow. Um, okay. What are uh, what are some things uh, that uh, you would suggest to people that just don't work out? Advice maybe uh, you would give for dealing with setbacks and obstacles um, along the way, and uh, and then I think I think that pretty much sum up our. Awesome discussion. Yeah, I, I'm glad you're actually asking that because in a process of discovery of your purpose, like there are going to be failures, mistakes, things not working out, like why yeah. disappointment might come in, discouragement, heck, even sometimes despair. There were a couple of times, especially in the beginning of my business that I considered quitting and literally thought like, is this actually what I'm meant to be doing? So I think that's actually a part of the process because have you guys ever heard of the, the term, the hero's journey? else yeah so that um that concept yeah. was coined by joseph campbell who had studied um tons and tons and tons of different stories from real life stories to movies and books to mythology to religion uh, and he wrote a book called the hero with a thousand faces and that book is all about the hero's journey and so uh, i'm I, coming back to the point of why i'm mentioning this the hero's journey there's an there's a few steps along the way that are it's 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 part of the process of achieving something that failures uh, mistakes heck even enemies might come up like uh, that kind of challenge is in is in the nature of a journey that is worth going on especially purpose so anyway that's a great research resource to really understand that it's actually not bad when those kinds of things happen or like you're facing setbacks so my tip welcome them in fact uh i'm a wealth of knowledge in terms of just like books and resources i my brain is like filled with quotes so there's another fantastic book called you squared by dr price pritchett and in one of the chapters is about failure and he literally says seek failure and his exact quote on failure is if you want to double the if you want to increase the rate of your success double your failure so think about that. It's like be willing to fail and actually welcome it. Like not to say like you're literally going to want to mess things up on purpose, but in the process of discovery, then when those things happen, failures, mistakes, you know, setbacks, challenges, see it as good. It's like that's that's a mindset shift, uh, and it's challenging to be honest. It's not easy to really allow yourself to think and perceive something as like yes, this is good. This is good that this is happening. 
but that will transform everything because then you can gain the lesson way quicker. So I think we all know that failures and mistakes, things don't, that don't work out, you can learn from, but it's how quickly are we learning from those things to help us pro help propel us on our journey. Yeah. That was a huge mindset shift I had to make too, the, the fail, because like most, the best lessons I've learned have been to failure. So, you know, um, best, best places to, to, to pivot and to like, oh yeah, I made that mistake. Not going to make it again. <laughs> learned a lesson. Now I can improve. So do you have any, do you have any recommendations for making that shift with, because, um, I mean, I'm fairly young, so in school, mistakes are not encouraged. Right. You know, um, so for people that are aware of this, like that mistakes are good, how do they break free from that, that, that mindset quicker, you know, maybe? My experience, laugh at yourself. Like be willing to be willing to like be kind of like light and fun with it. Because again, we all fail. We're all going to fail. Kind of reminds me, like think of a kid learning to walk. Like they may fall down and like skin their knee and it hurts. And yeah, those times it's like, shit, that's kind of hard to be like laugh laughing about that. But often it's like they'll fall down and like be like, hey, okay. And then they'll get back up and then try walking again. So that kind of um, playfulness is really helpful to like move through it much more easily. So just having fun, like not taking yourself too seriously and um, that, that's easy. It's the best way to brush it off. Really. Don't take it too seriously. It, it's been great having you on this episode, man. I, I've learned a lot and I'm glad that we could ask you questions that you've never heard. Like before the episode, I was like, okay, I don't think anyone's ever asked this. I'm going to ask this one. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to do that. Um, but if people are listening to the episode and want to learn more about you, where's the best place to find you? So my website, kevincarton.com, has a lot of information of what I do, uh, my podcast with my brother, Science and Spirituality, and then I'm most active on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is Kevin F. Carton. So the middle initials, F is in Francis. And if you guys didn't catch that, but my 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 initials are KFC. Was that an show? No, I asked my parents, and they said they didn't plan it, but I don't believe them. <laughs> saw an opportunity yep wow okay <laughs> let's see where I'm gonna go with something to eat alright well it was good talking with you man um, and we'll see everyone next week <laughs>